Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are here on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful co-host, Danuta. Danuta, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Lawson. Doing really well. Yeah. Man, that, that fog is really bad out there this morning, isn't it? Like I couldn't see three houses down from my wow. place. What was it like coming from your I place? I think from from our place, I'm near the lake. Near the lake it wasn't so bad. It was it was true. But yeah, then as we started to make our way into the valley, we're up in the Hunter Valley here broadcasting. And yeah, as we started to make our way into the valley, then we could see, oh, hurrah, like it's, yeah, it's, it's starting bad. to really settle. But hey, despite that, we're here. Praise we God are. for the show this morning. And, you know, Danuta, what is like, uh, let's just get to know you more. Okay. My, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people. <laughs> What's your favorite vegetable? My favorite vegetable. That, love- that I- isn't a potato. That isn't a potato. Yeah. Well, is that your favorite? Well, I think that for a, well, maybe it's a young people thing. A lot of young people just like drift towards potato because of chips That's or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But but what's your favorite? Vegetable? I love corn. Corn. I really love corn. In corn. Fr- yeah, yeah. Okay. Like corn on the cob. My sister laughed at laughs at me because like she used to see me like when we would travel around, and mm. that was the cheapest thing to get sometimes as your carbs and things. But mm. um, you know, I I eat it like a rabbit. Like, yeah. Literally like a rabbit. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I am a huge cabbage guy. Cabbage? I love cabbage. I love, you can put it in so many things. It tastes so good. It's like, it's amazing. It is like a staple in, when I make a lot of soups, I always put cabbage in. It just gives it something to crunch on while you're eating soup. Substance, dude. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Like, cabbage is the bomb. Hey, let us know what your favorite vegetable that is in potato is. 0491-064-669 is the number two call or text. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And Danuta is going to bring us our first quiz for today. Mm, This is one of my favorite verses. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto blank to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What is the word that goes in the blank? I can't believe you can do that so fast and so confidently because I, when I start to get on a roll saying one of these verses, if I go that fast, I'll just say the answer. <laughs> I actually caught myself one word before. Okay, yeah. okay nice, nice, nice. I, again, because that's one of my favorite verses Absolutely. and it's, so it's easy to actually put that word right into there. But it's a fabulous word and it's actually along the topic of what we're talking about as, as we're studying this week that's from Ephesians, right. aren't that's we? Right. So it's... It's to do with that. I was almost going to say with something else. <laughs> Look, we're skirting around the edges. Hey, do you want to just read that for us one more time? Yeah, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto blank, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Wow, that is incredible. <laughs> and everyone else I'll add there, not just Jew and Greek, but the Bible says Jew and Greek, but we know that that implies Everyone. Yes. And we've already got some correct answers coming in fantastically as well. Again, that number 0491-064-669. And our prize for this week, Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health by Sue Rad. An epic, epic cookbook. Like just... 
I've got Amazing. it right in front of me here this morning. Oh, wow. Can I read something out yeah. of there? Because I just think it's fabulous. We'll just read some segments this week. But it says, this book will help you have... This is written by Sue herself at, mm. in her intro. This book will help you have a better quantity and quality of life by eating real Ooh. tasty foods that attack the silent deadly disease processes driven by poor diet. Applying the findings from nutrition science can vastly reduce the need for drugs and surgery and help prevent or even reverse the chronic diseases that kill too many of Mm. us. So, like, it's a book you want to have. You want to have it at home and Mm. be using it. Absolutely. And be using it. 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. So you can go into the draw to win this amazing book. And I'm looking at it in front of me. That thing is a weapon. It like, is, isn't it? it? It's is big. Just a brick. That it, is incredible. It is, absolutely. And look, flicking through, look at all these amazing oh, recipes. Beautiful. So food we'll pictures. give you some ideas through this week of some of the recipes too, but also let you know some more of what Sue has actually written in there too. Incredible. Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we are going to get into some good news this morning. Danuta, give it to us. Yeah, look, some really good news, and um, some some of our listeners may have already been familiar with this, but... Some may not, and I just think it's powerful because it's on the topic. We, again, we're talking about this week, but um, yesterday's in yesterday's news, um, an Aussie man, Tim Shaddock, um, has actually been found off um, off the shores of Mexico. He was actually sh- sailing in his catamaran from Mexico to French Polynesia, and he was intending to sail there, I should say. And a storm actually hit his catamaran. Um, a month after his journey, he left in April and he's actually been out in the ocean all on his own with his dog, Bella. Mm. That's a, a common name for dogs, I found, but Bella, Bella, um, for the last two months. And he actually got found by some fishermen and he's now been taken back to Mexico and uh, he's having tests done, of course, for his health and everything. Mm. But guess how he survived? The how? thing is, I mean, he wouldn't have any food, but he survived on just raw fish and water. For that time, um, which is interesting. Is, have you woo. have you ever tasted raw fish? Uh, I have eaten sashimi before, so yeah, that's like raw fish on over rice, which is very interesting taste. It's like it's usually like raw salmon, that kind of thing. Mm, okay, uh, but I mean, I I like I'm vegetarian now, <laughs> yeah. but but, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But this guy, it's not like a prepped raw fish. He's just like chomping into that thing. Yeah, yeah. He had to catch it himself wow. and then actually have it. But what's really interesting is that he'd actually had cancer years ago too and he is a strong believer in raw food. So he says himself that he's able to survive or at least um, that's what the report is that he feels that he, he could survive. But he had no other choice. He had nothing else to, to survive on. Wow. But the amazing thing is he's been rescued and I love the words that his own mother has actually said. She says, thank God. And mm. she actually says that the first thing she did is she actually went to church and prayed um, and thanked the Lord for, for wow. that. And Amen. I think, isn't that uh, just a beautiful rescue story? We've been talking about the rescue, mm. God's rescue plan this week as well. And, you know, my mind went to the story of Paul when Paul was in the shipwreck with mm-hmm. the other prisoners. You know, mm-hmm. they were sailing from um, t- sailing to Italy. Um, he had actually been accused, uh, you know, mm. in a few chapters earlier, if we go to Acts towards the end of chapter... Chapter 27, I think it is, 27, 28. That's where the shipwreck is, 27. Um, and a, a couple of, of chapters early, of course, Paul is arrested 
And the mm-hmm. Jews actually say that, you know, men of Israel, help, this is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, the law, and this place. Furthermore, he has brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. Now, trying to kill him, and he actually... Uh, uh, appealed to to go to Caesar because, of course, Paul was not only a Jew but he was also Roman, mm. and so he's placed the, the centurion places them onto onto this ship. And he says, "Look, we're worried about the weather." He predicts it, but they actually sail ahead, um, mm. and then this massive storm comes, and they have to throw things overboard to survive. Mm. Um, and but basically, they are saved. And Paul actually then says further on. Uh, that an angel of the Lord actually says to him, do not be afraid, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, mm-hmm. and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you, they will be saved. And I think that's an incredible story because that's the same kind of thing of what's happened here with, mm. you know, Tim. Tim's story is being saved as well, being out. He he, he was in a bit of a storm. He, he had damage to his catamaran. Mm. And I just think, you know, there's interesting how there's so many stories in the Bible that we relate to even today's yeah, days, absolutely. Which, are, which is really fantastic. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun no. and you know we are often having you know same similar or the same experiences as people had in our past but wow like that dude that is such an epic story my dad would be so into that because he's he he tries to tout himself as you know a fisherman but like you know a living off the land kind right. of kind of guy i want to i'm like this this sounds like a challenge people could do I'm mm. like, Dad, I just want to drop you in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, or, you know, just on, just on the shore there and, you know, catch your own dinner and eat it raw and, and see, see how he goes. See how he see goes. How he goes. <laughs> but, the, uh, you know, we could take turns, you know, we could, we could all you know see and we could start a leaderboard of who you know who's really um, able to survive but of course in this guy's situation i think it's amazingly miraculous it is you know? absolutely miraculous yeah. isn't it like so yeah that's, oh, that's just awesome super i thought it fitted so well with what we're studying this week mm. look another really bit of good news is is that residents raise about fifteen thousand uh, pounds for a milkman this is in england sure who is retired um, and he's due for his pension, but not quite yet. Mm. And uh, his milk truck broke down. Now I don't. Oh. You, now you probably you're way too young to remember this, but I remember the days. And Shaw will probably. Oh no, Shaw may not remember because you you're brought up in the states. I don't know if they did this, but so I remember the days when the milkman would come around and we would wait at the front door waiting to hear the milkman come. Right, and then no, I remember that. You remember that? No, nah, I just. <laughs> My dad used to talk about of it. Of course. Yeah. I know your age and I'm going like, that, that never <laughs> nah, happened nah, when nah, you were nah. a baby even. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so, yeah. But in the UK, he stood, he's been doing it for, for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and so what they've done is they know the, this community has basically realised that he is has not got the money mm. uh, coming in until, you know, for his pension. And so they've put 15000 Pounds together um, to actually help him to to pay for his rent and get Aww, through until awesome. his pension comes. And I think of that verse that you know when, when Jesus says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbour as yourself." Yeah, of course. Yeah, and do unto others as you would have them do unto yeah. you. And I think yeah, absolutely. In our struggling times, we would love to receive funds, you know, and but you know, when we're desperately in need, it's like, oh man, I, I can't get through. Who can help me? And it seems as though these people have picked up on that and said, hey, you know, they've they've bridged the gap. They've, yeah, they've stood completely. in the gap and they've been able to show kindness and love to this this milkman who, like, uh, if we don't have it here in Australia, is that like a big profession in 
in England still are milkmen look, still a thing? Look, must be. Or maybe the small communities still like to do that. I don't, I'm not sure. quite familiar with that. Okay. But, you know, yeah, we tend to go to the shops. Hey, you get yeah. the, the cartons, you get the things. and yeah. Maybe they live in a small shire or something like that. And it is a small around. community. I think in my case, I'd say, hey, do you have any oat milk or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show, and we are going to have our next quiz. The Gospels in the New Testament report about Jesus telling a large number of parables to emphasize points he made to his listeners. Mm -hmm. However, in every parable, all the people mentioned are anonymous with the exception of one person. What is the name of the only person who has a name in a parable by Jesus? Mm. What is the name of the only person who has a name in a parable by Jesus? Now, we have a multiple choice here. And it's A, Gamaliel, B, Simon, C, Lazarus, or D, Levi. Which Mm. of those do you think it is? Mm, absolutely. 0491 is the number to text. If you know the answer to that one, and if you text with the correct answer, you go into the draw to win our amazing book for this week. Read us one of the recipes from the book. We have Food oh. as Medicine by Sue Red. And we've got the book right in front of us here. We have. We have. Danuta's just flicking through, looking at, oh, just I incredible. Oh, a little yellow tab. She's obviously got some favorites there. <laughs> <laughs> and can you see this yellow ribbon's right on the moose that I mentioned? Oh, awesome. Like, yeah. So the, the moose that I mentioned yesterday is mm-hmm. actually uh, cocoa or dark chocolate. Oh, sorry, dark chocolate. Um, and it's with soya milk and it's with silken tofu and two tablespoons of natural maple syrup. Ooh. I didn't give you the amounts of the others, but they're the four ingredients. Remember I said to you yesterday, it's really easy to, to do, like with just four ingredients. But I just want to say that this one, some people might go, oh, tofu? Like, no way. Like, mm. I'm used to having cream and how can you put tofu in? Well, it's silken tofu. And here's the thing. I have made it many times for my, for my family, for my, 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 my sister-in-laws, uh, my brother-in-laws, for, the nieces, the nephews, and they could not tell that it was done with tofu. They just loved it so much, and we only told them after they ate it what it actually had in it, and they they couldn't believe it, and they've actually requested to have it every time they come Mm. over. The topping is then with hazelnuts, roasted hazelnuts and maple syrup. And doesn't the picture look amazing? Look at that. Just looking at that picture makes you drool. Mm. And it, you can actually make it. So she also gives here, Sue actually gives tips to make things a little bit sweeter if you want it slightly sweeter or if you want it less sweeter so that you can do it according to your taste buds, but all with healthy stuff. Mm, absolutely. Hey, if you know the answer, you want to get this amazing uh, cookbook so that you can have incredible recipes. 0491-064-669 is the number to text, and we'll give that to you absolutely for 
free. Now, this morning uh, in our news section, I want to talk about, I want to, I want to tell you a tale, uh, a tale of a church. And, well, I'm going to start with a comparison. Uh, now, in 1974, there was the United Church of Christ. In 1974, the United Church of Christ had a membership of 2.193 million people. Mm. At the same time, in 1974, the Seventh-day Adventist Church had a membership of 2.5 million people. So, the these two churches are very similar in stats, mm. you know, very similar in size and amounts. I think that by that point in 1974, for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, their, their, in terms of their membership, their global reach was a lot more. And and I'm talking domestically to the United States. Uh, they had more of their med- members uh Di- you know, dispersed around the world mm-hmm. versus, you know, you could see more of a con- concentration of the United Church of Christ in, in the United States. So this is 1974. Uh, they have very similar uh, membership stats. Very close. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2021, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church had two, uh, 21 million... Nine hundred and twelve thousand people. That's a big growth, and isn't so it? they'd seen a group growth of essentially ten times since mm. nineteen seventy four. And in twenty twenty one, the United Church of Christ has a membership of seven hundred and seventy three thousand people. True. So we have definitely seen these two churches go two different two ways, two different directions. Now, for the United Church of Christ, for a mainline Protestant denomination, the question is why? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the United Church of Christ and, say, the Seventh Day Adventist Church, in their foundations, are incredibly similar. Mm, both they are being, both similar. you know, very Protestant churches and whatnot, and particularly when we again looking back to. The foundations, and particularly, you know, there's a lots of within the United Church, the United Church of Christ, particularly like the the influence of Methodism mm. and and the mm. Methodist Church, and very much that influence in in Adventism as well. Yes, and so it's like okay, from in terms of its foundations, in terms of where they come from, two different places, but you can see this great statistic statistical divergence mm. between 1974 and now between these two churches. So what changed? Well, for Adventism. Uh, it continued to advocate for biblical morality. Mm. And for the United Church of Christ, they stopped doing so. So for the United Church of Christ in 1975, it passed an act. It was a non-discrimination act. And it's like, yep, who, you know, raise your hand if you think discrimination is bad. And no one's going to raise their hand because discrimination right. is awful. Yeah. Uh, but this started a trend within the church of continuing, continually grandstanding about political issues mm-hmm. and particularly when it came to uh, like a part of the discrimination act was an advocation for you know marriage rights for lgbt people now mm-hmm. i i want to make it clear in in my opinion when it comes to the civil right of marriage a civil right is a civil right and, and shouldn't necessarily be, be related to i think church morality or christian morality is a good thing to have your society based on but for the church to influence that if a country civilly wants to give rights to, you know, LGBT yeah. people to get married. There's little you can do to start, even if you don't think it's right or wrong. Well, and, and again, we're called to love the people, but, sure, absolutely. but as a church, we mm. ought to be following the biblical principles that God has ordained and put there for us. Absolutely. And that's, this is what we're actually talking about in this space. Absolutely. Is, is the fact of following that. Now, the church at that time as well, in that 1975, went a step further to say that, no, rather, God affirms gay marriage. 
the Bible affirms gay marriage and the church affirms this thing as something that is not seen as a sinful practice. And it was probably one of the earliest adopters to do this, uh, mm. to make this step. And throughout its history, you know, in, I believe it was 19, it was, it was somewhere in the area of the seventies. They had their first transgender pastor. Um, as and, oh, early sorry, as that. Yeah. Sorry. They had their first homosexual pastor. And then by the two thousands, they had their first transgender pastor. So this is very much a church who was an early adopter of modern liberal views of morality. And you've got to wonder which biblical text then they use for Exactly. That. <laughs> and rather often when you read their synods and their councils, they don't cite biblical texts. They just say, oh, this is what we should do as loving Christian people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, ha- it has led to the widespread abandoning of the denomination. because right, not everyone agrees with that. Again, they're leaving rights behind. Now, they are... It, well, they're, they're leaving, they're leaving morality of mm. God behind and they're, they're leaving a biblical perspective and a biblical worldview behind. Now, this week they have released a synod, uh, that was in regards to, well, recently there was the landmark decision in the United States in 2022, uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which quickly explained if you have any, you know, um, idea or experience or with, with what's happening in that space. The, since 1973, it was a fundamental right, according to the Supreme Court of the United States, um, to receive abortions in federally in the United States. Now, the overturning of Roe versus Wade was more for the purpose of clarifying that the Privacy Act of the United States Constitution does not contain language in it that enables abortion. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it doesn't. Now, if you wanted to make an amendment that allows abortion federally, then yes, you can do it. But mm-hmm. for the, for the Supreme Court, they said, but this privacy act, although it was interpreted that way in 1973, we are overturning it because the, the constitution does not give that mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. As a result, you know, there's been lots of, you know, struggle in the United States, lots of, uh, lots of, you know, huge conversations about this particular topic. Mm. And the United Church of Christ has come out and released a synod uh, that a, a resolution after a synod uh, that supports and encourages their members um, to resist uh, by peaceful means, including civil disobedience, any laws banning abortion, and calls upon uh, the setting of the United United Church of Christ um, to use uh, just peace practices to confront abortion bans and restrictions on reproductive health care. Furthermore, any United Church of Christ hospitals will cover any out-of-pocket costs or travel costs for those seeking an abortion um, for people who can't receive it in their own state. And wow. so they've made this decision that as a church organization, they are widespread in support of abortion under any circumstances and wow. to even cover costs of people who are wanting to receive abortions and can't receive it in their state. Uh, furthermore, uh, you know, they they say they've, they've put this out there essentially criticizing, uh, their, their government and saying, Hey, this is a, this is a stance that we're taking on this particular issue. And we think it's the right thing to do because God is loving. And so we're, we're loving people who are, who are seeking and in need of abortions. And I read this and I considered it and I pondered over it. And yeah, we have to ponder on that one. We've had the conversation regarding abortion on the show before. And 13131114 is the lifeline number. If this is a triggering topic for you, we definitely advise you to be able to talk to them and to seek help and whatnot. Um, but a, a policy of abortion that is a wide care support of abortion under any means is just mm. ungodly. Mm-hmm. It's unbiblical. 
And, you know, for, for me personally, and a show and its stance that we've often taken on the show is the idea that abortion is healthcare, not contraception. Mm-hmm. Um, in cases of complications, in case, and I mean complications where lives are at threat, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can make a case where it's, you know, it's, it's needed potentially. Um, but, you know, particularly the way it was going in the United States pre Roe versus Wade and even post Roe, the overturning of Roe versus Wade as well, because, you know, still, states like California have made laws that, hey, up until a full term, you can receive an abortion. Mm-hmm. And we've had horror stories come mm-hmm. from that, you know, just absolute, you know, just terrible things. But ultimately, there, there was a, a quote that came out from um, Micah uh, Bilger. She's from Life News in the United States. And she just wrote, she she wrote this. She says, The Bible recognized unborn babies as valuable human beings in Luke one forty one, Genesis twenty five, twenty one to twenty two, Psalm twenty two, ten to ten, and other passages, Jesus placed a great value on children when others in society did not in Matthew nineteen and verse fourteen. Mm-hmm. Christianity has always taught that every human life is valuable mm-hmm. and killing innocent people is evil. But some churches, including a number of shrinking Protestant denominations like the UCC or the United Church of Christ, have abandoned this teaching in re- in recent years. And I think it's it's so sad to see that these once great Protestant denominations, it, as they've made the decision to go down this route of abandoning biblical morality, it's taken to a, a, them to a place which I think they probably never saw in 1975 or whenever mm-hmm. it was when they decided to make this decision. And it has brought them to a point where, I look upon them as a Christian and I say, wow, this is, this is evil. This is terrible. And this is the most awful way to represent Christ. And I think we need to take a stand for what is true and what is right and to live according to that. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz. If you can get that for us, Danuta. I'm one of the four horsemen. I ride a pale horse. Who am I? That can be like, for some people, like... Super obscure. Super obscure. That's the word I was looking for. I was just like, what was the word I was trying to get with it? Yeah, obscure, hey. And thinking like, where can you find it? Should we give them a tip where they can find it? Well, at the same time, like the the saying, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, like (laughs) everyone knows that. You gave that word away. That actually helps too. (laughs) super, it's incredibly, uh, you know, it's, it's incredibly like really, really common in pop culture. Like, People, people around my age, there's, it's always like, oh, the, you know, the four, four horsemen of the blank apocalypse, you know, whatever this is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever it may be, if you know the answer, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. And you can give us text and go into the draw to win food as medicine by Surad. But this morning, we've come to our time of the interview. We have Andy Mathis on the phone. Andy, you there with us? Good morning, Lawson. How are you, mate? Oh, yeah, I'm killing it. I'm sitting here with Danuta, and we, hey, are, Andy. we are... Hi, Danuta. We are just living our best lives this morning, and we are super grateful to be able to hear from you, a pastor from down the Central Coast area, and particularly about a, a ministry, a program that you guys are running to reach out to the community. So, yeah, give us some insight. What is it that you guys are getting up to? Well, let me ask you this morning, guys, are you happy? 
Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm, I'm stoked. Let's go. Well, laughter's a bit of a giveaway, and I'm mm. glad to hear you laughing on that end. But, you know, we can have happiness, and it can be temporary, can't we? They've done studies Absolutely. on people that have um, had a windfall, and uh, and they uh, have had that, that sense of, oh, this is fantastic, you know. But it's not, it's not uh, long-lived. Mm. It's sort of... Uh, it can, uh, you know, as long-term studies have been done, people return to their their uh, old uh, ways of um, experiencing life, if you like. You know, we, we sometimes um, look for the next promotion, thinking that that will bring mm. happiness. Um, and if we could only have that job, that would be great, you know. Sometimes in a marriage partner, we sort of think, oh, if I only had a partner that did this or was like that or someone, I'd be happy, you know only to find that uh, it's elusive and you're sometimes chasing uh, that elusive dream. So uh, where we, we want to just head this morning for a few minutes is just to look at perhaps um, the positive psychology is actually moved under under uh, Martin, Dr. Martin Seligman, who mm. has moved from, you know, happiness. You might have uh, heard of uh, Darren Morton's book, Live More Happy. Of yes, course. Yes, it's brilliant yeah. book. Brilliant <laughs> book and brilliant, book, pro- you know? and brilliant program. It's easy to follow. Yeah. Yes, lifting your mood and your life, and uh, and that's certainly filled with some amazing tips. But as he shares in the, the tail end of that book, he said, you know, positive psychology is moving from the happiness um, element, which, as we've just talked about, can be temporal um, and feelings based, to to um, to flourishing and 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 total um, whole person health, and um, and that that comes under the term of, of well-being mm. um, and and how do we have well-being, which is, you know, it, it can be um, um, a sort of like, a, 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 I guess, being content might be one way we would describe it in all circumstances, if you like, a sense of not riding on feeling so much as just feeling well and it, and it doesn't mm. relate to, you know, the, the up and down swing of mood. So there's seven seven eight dimensions to this um, to this wellness or whole person health, if you like, mm. that comes under Elia. Elia Wellness is the name and it can be uh, investigated more at www.eliawellness.com. Mm. And at that space, you'll see that there's actually these seven um, dimensions of, of well-being and um, and uh, talking about Dr. Darren Morton, I was speaking with him on the phone uh, not so long ago, and he was saying, you know, of all the seven dimensions in his over 30 years of research, uh, he would say that uh, this first one, being spiritually empowered, uh, is the one that takes his uh, his passion, you know, the, the most, and the others come into line underneath that, you know. And and we've heard it said, haven't we, Lawson, Danuta, where, where people are saying, I'm just looking for something to fill that that void absolutely you know what i mean and we look for it in all sorts of ways but to to recognize that you know um to be to be spiritually empowered science is showing us that that this is one element that if we you know if we're able to um really discover the source of of spiritual empowerment then uh, then we're on a uh a trajectory that's taking us to uh, to whole person health and a, and a feeling of uh, uh, a contentment, if you like, no matter mm. what yeah. circumstances yeah. life throws at us, yeah. that we can handle it, you know? And Andy, 
the thing is, sorry, Andy, the thing is with spirituality too, isn't it, that it gives people a sense of purpose, it gives people a sense of direction, a sense of belonging. There's a whole lot of things that come into that package mm. as to why spiritual, spirituality helps so much in that space, mm. you know, and psychologically, of course, it helps so much too. Well, absolutely right. You know, from from discovering that we that we are made as as uh, designed as, as mm. humans to to take time aside and to actually yes. rest. What does that mean, and and how is that beneficial to our whole well being? You know, as mm. we discover the 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 elements that are that are clearly outlined in, in God's Word, we come to discover that hey, there are things that if we incorporated these things um, and really um, understood that. You know, we hear people say, "Yeah, to to focus in on on spirituality is is, is a crutch or, or is something that you only need if you're broken." You know, <laughs> we're all broken. You know, we are all broken. And we are, you know, mm-hmm. and to to recognise that that we have a need. You know, yeah. so that starting point is 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 really uh, is really beneficial, and uh, you know, um, to recognise, you know. Psychology researcher Emily uh, Stefani Smith, she says that there are four building blocks to a meaningful life. She says uh, purpose is one of those mm. four blocks. Mm. You know, a worthwhile goal that contributes in life. You know, what is yes. what is our purpose? Why are we here? That's the big question people are asking. You know, what are we doing on this planet? What's our purpose? Are we That's just right. here for? For you know the short term, and if so, we'll get the most out of it at whatever cost, you know. Um, and discovering that no, there there is um, what is our goal? What is our worthwhile purpose that we're contributing towards? And discovering that is is one of those four building blocks. Also, belonging, a second building block, um, and that's about relationships, isn't it? You know, Completely. you. you you're valued, you matter to others, you desi- we're designed for community, to belong. Mm. And, and that brings meaning, you know, to sense that, oh, I'm a part of something um, bigger. The, 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 the social network that I'm a part of is, is um, I feel a part of that, I belong to that. The third one is storytelling and to see how your story, and Danita, I was privileged to hear your story not so long ago and I were part of it at least. Thank you. And we all have a story, you know, yeah. and how it relates to a, to a bigger narrative, um, makes sense to the world around us and gives perspective, you know, um, to know that, to have somebody listen to your story uninterrupted and in, in intentionally tuned in is is a very therapeutic um you know experience and uh, in in this day and age of being so busy and 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 people taking time we must do lunch but it never happens you know all of the mm. things that our heads in technology we're losing the the ability to just just relate to people and and I'll draw that out in a few minutes with just the other dimensions and finally of the four fil- uh, building blocks that um I was referring to from Emily Stefani Smith is uh, is transcendence you know rising above the ordinary day-to-day experiences mm. of life mm. to feel Absolutely. connected to feel connected to something bigger than ourselves you know mm. and uh, and that brings meaning that's what our, our mm. scientific researchers are saying um brings meaning so you know, so how do we move into these spaces? You know, first we're spiritually empowered, um, as as uh, as I mentioned, uh, Dr. Darren Morton saying, you know, um, this adds the most richness in in all of this experience, and then moving into these others. So, what are some of the others? Well, we've got intellectually engaged, mm. so actually recognizing that you know our mind 
and our body are connected and, and what we think plays a big outplay in, in, in how we um, manoeuvre the, uh, the experiences of life and uh, to be intellectually engaged, to be actually um, moving forward in just stretching oneself and one's mind to, to um, contemplate new things and mm, to, and to uh, keep growing, hey. And to keep growing, don't mm. we, you know, not only in body but in mind. Mm. So in, intellectually engaged, environmentally attuned is another of the seven. Mm. And I guess that comes down to our environment, recognising that, um, you know, the space that we live in, I mean, you start at the very basic, our, our own work environment, our, our home, you know, the, the, have you ever experienced the, uh, the sense of having a clean up and just, oh, that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love those but, days when I can do that. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do. You know, as opposed to, uh, to, to being enclosed in clutter and just, you know, not really having that, that clarity of thinking, oh, this, this, this feels good. And, and that extends to our world, you know, to our environment, how we treat the world in which we live. There are beautiful places that mm. we can still go and experience in our environment, you know, and just re- revitalize and recognize that, wow, this is good for the soul. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, how do we care for that? How do we have a part in that? And that talks about the, the purpose, I guess, and some of those earlier building blocks that we referred to. Then we've got emotionally thriving. Of course, we're, we're, uh, creatures that, uh, that, um, uh, are designed to, to have emotion. And how do we, um, thrive in the space of, of our emotions? Um, physically energized. Keep, you know, to be moving, to be active, to be uh, involved in that space of our whole person health. Mm. And coming up to the last two, socially connected, uh, as we said before, um, in the, in the building blocks again, belonging to, to something wider is about relationships. So being socially connected to others and finding an outlet. You know, if you're a bit of a, um, a homebody and you, you don't get out much and you're wondering why you feel lonely or you're wondering why you, you're just not, um, why the body's, and why the body's not relaxed as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm. to just start to explore the fact of, of getting connected socially, um, at, at the pace that, you know, one might, uh, manage and then just see what a difference that does actually make. And of mm. course, finally, vocationally enriched. So actually, um, finding, you know, they say that 20% of people, when they're asked the question, do they, do they thrive in their workspace? They, they indicate only 20% indicate that they do you know mm. the other 80% struggle day to day with that with something that's um you know outside of their real passion and uh, you know there's tips in that space to sort of talk about how you know outside of work we ought to be focusing in on areas of passion and and, and really getting enjoyment out of things that we're putting into our life even if it's outside of you know our immediate control in the work environment so mm. yeah they're the seven guys and uh, you know we're excited to be moving into this space uh, as a church down at uh, Narara Gosford mm. uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church we've started on a um, on a journey to uh, on a Saturday morning, eleven fifteen, to to cover each of these um, spaces and and just have some of the experts come in and talk about um, you know how we can flourish in these in these areas. It's exciting, and you know, look, we're made to have an we've been offered an abundant life, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, absolutely, Christ. And uh, so many of us settle for second best that's mm. just not uh, up to par with what we can be living. And so, uh, you know, keep those smiles and that laughter up, but let's recognise that 
happiness to flourishing is where we we, we really are firing on all four and and, and beyond. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Andy, I was going to ask you, okay, where can we go? Where can we come? But you, you've, you've just <laughs> kicked all the goals. You've ticked all the boxes. And we're incredibly interested in having good health. And you can get that information too, 0491-064-669. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.